Well, good morning, North Star. How are we doing today? My name is Seth. This is Caitlin. Welcome our awesome worship community to the stage with us. We're going to worship. This is a new song called Made For More. We sang it for the first time last week. We'd love for y'all to stand and join us. Come on. I know who I am Cause I know who you are The cross of salvation Was only the start Now I am chosen Free and forgiven I have a future and it's worth the living. Go on to sing I wasn't made to be tending a grave. I was called by name, born and raised back to life again. I was made for more. Hey. So why would I make a bed in my shame when I found enough grace? It's running my way, I know why. And I was made for more. I know who I am, come on. I know who I am. Cause I know who you are. The cross of salvation. A bed in my shade with a fountain of grace. 
somebody you don't know and just say, sup. <laughs> well, you guys can have a seat. Welcome, I'm Christy Webb, Kids Director here at North Star. And I'm Garrett Webb. And our mission here at North Star is to help people find their way home. That may be a physical church home, but more importantly, we wanna help people find their heavenly home through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we do that by loving God, loving people, and living sent. If you're new here to North Star, on the seat backs in front of you is our connection card. 
we would love for you guys to fill that out um, and tell us a little bit about yourself. And it's okay, you don't have to put your, um, your hair color or your bank information. Also, for all those short kings out there, you don't have to put your height. I get you, man. That's right, fill it out and on your way out, we have our Live Scent metal black boxes at all of our exits. Just slip it in there so we can get to know you a little bit. And if you're joining us online, make sure to click our Connect With Us button. Our online hosts are there and ready to chat with you today. Hey, wasn't there a party Friday night? There was a party Friday night. This past Friday night, we had an epic party as we hosted our Tim Tebow's Night to Shine event, which is a prom-like experience for people 14 years of age and older with special needs in our community. And we had over 150 special guests who were crowned king and queen at the end of the evening and hundreds of volunteers here who gave their time to make the night super special. But even cooler than that, we had a lot of local businesses who gave their time and their service and their products to make the night amazing. Rather than tell them, let's show them. Take a look at this. It was truly a magical evening for our guests and we are so thankful for your giving that allows us to do amazing events like that. Um, if you'd like to give today, you can give on our app, our website, or you can drop off your donations inside of our LiveScent boxes on your way out. And just remember, when you give to, to Northstar, you're giving through Northstar. So thank you for your faithful giving. Today we conclude our Whatever It Takes series as we discover how heaven celebrates when a lost sheep is found and brought home. So open up your Bibles and let's listen in on what God has to tell us.
Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you in Compass, all of you up in the chapel, and those of you watching the theater online, we are so glad you are here for our final week in our Whatever It Takes series. Um, it has been a fun journey. So I'm gonna let everybody get ahead a little bit. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 15. I'm gonna let you get out in front a little bit. That way you can get ahead or get the app, North Star Church, Georgia in the app store. That's where we... Um, will be this morning talking about Luke chapter 15. So let me say a couple things. Number one, people always say, if you could capture a picture of what North Star's all about, what would it be? Friday night would be the picture. Night to shine is, I believe, the greatest thing we do all year because it's a night that our team here at North Star goes above and beyond it, it really is incredible to watch how they pull it all together with Courtney and Christy and Haley and all hundreds of volunteers all to celebrate some special friends in our community. And I'm telling you, it is amazing. And I watch our volunteers dance. But they really, they try to dance. But anyway, so, but it is an amazing night. Would y'all join me and let's just thank the Lord for the great things that happened on Friday night. It was so good, so good. So, this week's a big week, right? Because there's a big holiday this week, right? Valentine's Day is this week, and Valentine's Day is all about what? Okay, all right, let's start here. Let's start. <laughs> Y'all are worrying me a little bit, all right? Valentine's Day is all about what? There we go. Man, I thought the 850 crowd was off. Y'all are on the struggle bus, all right? So, if you haven't, if you didn't know it was coming, Quick heads up, but nobody understands love like kids. And I just grabbed a couple thoughts. We've done these in the past, and they're just so good. And I grabbed a couple new ones this morning. Kids between five and 10 describing love and marriage. Glenn, age seven. If falling in love is anything like learning how to spell, I don't wanna do it. It takes too long. As Glenn. Boys, they start out early, don't they? Uh, John, age nine, love is like an avalanche where you have to run for your life. All right, that's John. That's pretty. This is May. It's spoken like a little female. No one's sure why it happens, but I heard it has something to do with how you smell. That's why perfume and deodorant are so popular. All right, and so that's what, that's what May said. Mike, age 10, on the first date, they just tell each other lies, and that usually gets them interested enough to go for a second date. He's not far off, all right? He's pretty, pretty safe there. Kenny, age seven, it gives me a headache to think about that stuff. I'm just a kid. I don't need that kind of trouble. Doggone straight, Kenny. <laughs> Kenny is straight up on that. And this is Dave. I don't know Dave. I wish I had a picture of Dave, age eight. Love will find you even if you're trying to hide from it. I've been trying to hide from it since I was five, but the girls keep finding me. All right, that was from, <laughs> from Dave. That's fantastic. Oh, man. Gavin, AJ, to why people often in love hold hands. They want to make sure their rings don't fall off because they pay good money for them. All right, and so <laughs> it's pretty good. How to tell if two people are married. Derek, AJ, you might have to guess based on whether they seem to be yelling at the same kids. All right, and so <laughs> how do you decide who to marry? This is a, Kristen, age 10. No person really decides before they grow up who they're going to marry. God decides it all way before, and you get to find out later who you're stuck with. All right, and so that's Chris and age seven, but my favorite one, Ricky, age seven. Tell your wife that she looks pretty, even if she looks like a truck. 
All right, it's, uh, it's a Ricky. That's fantastic. So I love, I love those because they're all about a perspective of love. This entire campaign we've been in over these past few weeks has been about love, right? It's a, it's a love that we have for this community that began back in 1997 when this little group of people in Accra, Georgia got on their knees and started praying for a church that didn't even have a name. I didn't know them, I didn't know them. They were praying at Barbara Ward's house for a church for people who didn't go to church and here we sit today. And as we've said all throughout this Whatever It Takes series here on Sunday mornings and dinners and desserts and meetings, they planted seeds for shade trees in whom shade they would never sit. And we sit here today in 2024 with thousands that have come to know Christ because of a group of people that began to pray that said, we're willing, we love this community so much. We're willing to do whatever it takes. And it was funny, I was thinking about this. When they built this building, only one of those families had children that would be raised in that building, in this building. Isn't that crazy? They gave for something they didn't even get to enjoy, but they gave it because they saw you and they saw me. So whatever it takes has been about us feeling like God has strategically called us to this community for this time. For this season, 80,000 people within 15 minutes of my voice right now on Sunday mornings, they don't go to church anywhere. So as you can see, today's probably our lightest 1010 crowd and it's still packed, right? With all our rooms full, we've got to do something for that. We got to do whatever it takes. So we've done three things. Number one, we talked about building a lobby. It's going to go on the backside back here off this parking lot, a great lobby uh, that'll just be a place to find your friends that you've invited to go to church so you don't go on a search for them. And we were talking about it Friday night with Night to Shine, how much easier it'll make everything. Second part of that will be reorienting this room. So we'll turn this room, put a balcony in, add 350 seats. So we'll be able to seat a thousand, a service in our main auditorium. And the third thing, the best part of this is adding 10,000 square feet of kids space. You guys know, and we've, we've been really open with you about it. We have been having to close kids rooms because we're at capacity and we just can't do that. And it's not good enough for us to go, I'm sorry, we're closed. We've said we as a church have got to do whatever it takes. So today culminates that series. You've, you've heard all about it if you've been at North Star over these weeks. And so today on everybody's seat is a little card. Most of you already have this. You probably brought it with you. Um, this is our whatever it takes commitment that we say, I am ready to join it with people, whether it's $200 you're gonna give over the next three years or $2 million or $2,000, whatever the number is, this is what my sacrifice is over these next three years to help people like people helped me. And today we're gonna turn in these cards 
And we've had about 150 that have come in so far, which is amazing to have them come in this early. Uh, many of you may have already done it online. We're asking everybody to do a hard copy of the card just so we, we can match because this is what the bank wants from us. So today on your way out in all our auditoriums, we've got boxes that look just like this, a card. You can write your name, your email, your phone number, Ann and I will be turning our card in today. And would that total three-year commitment and whether we're going to give it weekly or monthly or ever how we're going to give it, but we're going to join together today to make a difference. So would y'all pray with me? Father, today, what a journey we've been on that leads us up to today. But Father, all of this is about your heart. Father, today, may we display your heart with our sacrifice to help others. And Father, we pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. You know, over these few weeks, we've talked about whatever it takes people, Zacchaeus, right? Whatever it takes God, Matt carriers, whatever it takes people, they go get their buddy, they rip off the roof, they drop their friend down. Good Samaritan last week, priest Levite, eh, too busy, too many places to go. But the good Samaritan, the unlikely hero stopped. But today, we're gonna to talk about a whatever it takes. God, would y'all stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together? Luke chapter 15, this is known by many as the lost and found scripture. Uh, all of Luke 15 is about God's heart for us. It would be really easy for God to go, listen, I did my work, now you do your work, but that's not the picture that he paints. So there's two audiences to this message. Number one, there are some people there that didn't normally get to hang out with rabbis and teachers. Second group of people that were there were the religious leaders of the day. This entire story, this parable, is a story for him to illustrate a truth for them to get. Luke chapter 15, verse one, tax collectors and other, what are, what's the word before sinners? What's that word? Notorious. Notorious. How many of y'all growing up, your mom or your dad, you say, don't start, don't hang out with the wrong crowd. Raise your hand if your parent ever told you that. If they didn't tell you that, you were the wrong crowd, all right? And so, but most of us, are, our parents told us that. These were the wrong crowd of the day. These were the people that had occupations that were not uh, religious. They had maybe some associations that weren't religious and they did some things that weren't really good. But it's who Jesus is hanging out with. In fact, it says this tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of the law complain. He was associating with such sinful people. He was even doing what with them? What does it say? Which, which means there's a bond. So you broke bread with those that you enjoyed and that you loved, and they couldn't get over it. What rabbi, what teacher would hang out with people that aren't good people? And Jesus so wanted them to get to the point. He tells the story. So he tells them the story. It's a parable. If a man had lost, if a man has a hundred sheep, if one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness to go search for the one that's lost till he finds it? And when he's found it, 
He will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying this, rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't even strayed away. In this little snippet of scripture, everybody get this. You get the heart of whatever it takes, God. And his heart is for you. His heart wants you. His heart knows you. And his heart wants you to know him like he knows you. Before you're seated today, turn around and find somebody and tell them 49ers, Chiefs. Do that real quick and you can grab a seat. Jesus was the ultimate storyteller. And every story that he told had a truth that would come on the back end of it. He didn't tell stories for story's sake. He told stories so people would get it and so they would understand. His goal wasn't, this depth, you go, well, I will never be able to know it like that. He told everyday stories. Everybody back then knew what shepherd and sheep were. You, you saw them, they were everywhere. Everybody back then understood what a shepherd did. We don't, we don't live in that kind of society now, but everybody back then got it. Everybody back then understood shepherd and sheep. So, so to know that you need to know this about the story. Number one, shepherds were not a uh, occupation that you wanted your children to grow up and say, mom, dad, one day I wanna grow up and be a shepherd, right? And so that didn't happen. It wasn't a noble, quote unquote, occupation. But yet all throughout the gospels, you see the story of shepherds. In fact, the night Jesus showed up, you see shepherds. Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. The story has three components to it and all are huge to it. Number one, it's the story of one lost sheep, one lost sheep. So a typical sheepfold back then would be a uh, hundred was not an abnormal number of sheep that a sheep herder would have to look after and to watch after and to take care of and to love and to nourish it was not uncommon for a sheep to wander off. Sheep do not have a good sense of direction. They are almost blind at times. They're distracted incredibly easy. And when sheep get away from their herd, from their group, it's incredibly unsafe. So sheep do not have top teeth, they only have bottom teeth. They are not able to fight off an enemy. Sheep do not have fingers to dig and to claw. When a sheep gets away from the shepherd, here's the word I want you to remember, they are in danger. When Jesus told the story and Shepherds heard it. Every shepherd went, well, of course I would go get that sheep. Why? 
because that shepherd had bought that sheep, raised that sheep, looked after that sheep, cared for every need that sheep had had. And when that sheep went away, he was gonna leave the 99 in safety and he was gonna go find the one lost sheep. Why? They were in imminent danger. That sheep was not gonna have this honing mechanism to go, oh, I think my, my, my herd is back that way. They didn't, they weren't that bright. And it may have been one thing that distracted them off that looked good or sounded good or a, a brook they heard nearby and all of a sudden they're lost and they can't find their way back. That's why when Isaiah 53 says, all of us like sheep have gone astray, the most common picture in scripture of people is that of sheep. Why? Because we're in danger when we leave the shepherd. That's a fact. Sheep aren't safe. In fact, they would say, I was listening, Philip Keller wrote a great book on Psalm 23, and he became a shepherd so he could write about what it was like. And he said, even when a, sh a sheep would lie down on its side to rest, their legs, the way their body's built, their legs would go to sleep and they weren't able to right-size themselves to get back up and could die that way. That's happened to me on a beach before, all right? And so I was lying there and I, I couldn't get over, right? That was, some of you are going, I really didn't need that image. But anyway, so that's what happened with sheep, not safe. A sheep is in imminent danger. When Jesus said, I will leave, this shepherd will leave the 99 for the one, he was saying this, you wanna know what my father's heart's like? My father's heart is for the one who can't find their way back. Yes, they were not bright for leaving. Yes, they were not smart for going away. But the one sheep is worth the trip. It's the story about one sheep. It's also the story about one good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. <clears throat> Here's what a shepherd would do. That shepherd would leave the flock, the 99 with someone. Typically, if there were over 100 sheep, they would leave another person to look after them, another shepherd to look after them. And they would go and search. Everybody look at me for the one. Danger. Darkness, that shepherd was not coming back without that sheep because he knew the only way that sheep was gonna find its way back is for the shepherd to go and help find that lost sheep. It's so interesting. Jesus paints the picture and the story. Not only does he find the lost sheep, he carries that sheep back on his shoulder. Steve Roach and I were talking earlier, an average adult sheep back during that time would weigh 110 to 125 pounds. 
There was a weight, there was a cost, and there was a danger. And that shepherd would scoop that sheep up, wouldn't berate it, beat it. He would scoop that sheep up and he would put that sheep on his shoulders and he would carry it home. It could be a mile, it could be 10 miles, depending on how far it had wandered. Why? Because the sheep was never gonna find its way back. Time out in the story. Yes or no question. There is a God in heaven who knows you and has a plan for your life. Yes or no? We believe as a church that there's an enemy who has a plan for you too. And this enemy's plan is to steal, kill, and destroy all of good, all that God has for you. Would y'all agree with that? This week as I was studying, and I've taught this many times over <clears throat> the 27 years of North Star, but I read something I had never read, I'd never thought about. There's two people looking for that lost sheep. One, to get it and carry it home, and one, to make sure it never finds its way home. And both are in a hurry to find the sheep before their time is up. Ladies and gentlemen, the heart of our heavenly father is this. I came to seek and to save those that were lost. I am the good shepherd and a good shepherd will lay down his life for his sheep. That was the cost. He's the good shepherd. At the end of our last service, I had a gentleman come down here and he said, the last time I walked in this room was 17 years ago. I've been one of the lost sheep. The whole picture of the gospel is a whatever it takes God that goes, I can't sleep at night to know that there's a lost sheep on my watch. Here's the deal. When he finds that sheep, we've already established that sheep does not have fingers, right? They've got their little, their little paws. When he picks that sheep up, that sheep has no ability to grip the shepherd. They are totally dependent on the shepherd's grip on them. At 14 years old, I had a good shepherd pick me up and help me find my way home. And I have done my doggone best through the years to not always live up to what he sees in me. You know what this church is here for? This church is here to be the heart of the Father to find lost sheep. Does that make sense to everybody? We have one lost sheep, we have one good shepherd, and we have number three, one big party. This is such a great part of the story. The shepherd 
Not only carries the sheep back and he doesn't get out on his knee and go, now listen, don't do that again. That's not what he does. You know what the shepherd does? He carries it home. He picks up that sheep. He brings that sheep back and throws a party because the one that was lost has found its way home. And in Luke 15, you see the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, all of which have a party associated when they're found by their owner. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you know him, he knows you. He created you, Psalm 139. He thinks about you all the time, even when you don't think about him. And when you may have given up on him, let me tell you something, not every eyeball on me, he has not given up on you. He's looking for you. Not to berate you, but to take you to a good pasture. And to celebrate one that found their way home. And all I could think about was Friday night. Friday night, <clears throat> my job is just to float and watch. And I, I just enjoy it so much. And Friday night, the young men and women who are the kings and queens of the night are walked around the building. You, if you've never seen this, you saw just a snapshot of it. They announce them by name. They roll out the red carpet. And these young kings and queens of our community are celebrated one by one. And they're cheering and they're waving pom-poms and Seth and Casey's wife, Kelsey, are announcing them by name and they're raising their hands. It's a picture of heaven when one lost sheep is carried home. He is the good shepherd. And he revels in celebrating you. Mike, I don't feel worthy. Well, I bet the sheep didn't feel worthy. You never, feel, you never find the shepherd asking the sheep, do you want to be celebrated or not? You don't see that. Nor do you see the father who found the son letting the son tell the father how sorry he is. He said, there's gonna be a dinner in your honor tonight. That is a whatever it takes God. I'm one of the 99. I know. But he left me here to learn the heart of the father to help find the one that still doesn't know. One lost sheep, one good shepherd, and one big party. Would you pray with me? Maybe you're here today and name. You bought into religion, which says you gotta earn your way to God. 
I'm going to tell you, friends, you missed it. Following Jesus is about knowing he found his way to you. And he rescued you. He saved you. And he carries you home. I just have a feeling in some of our rooms this morning and those watching online this morning that there are some of you you didn't know. Today's your meeting whatever God, whatever it takes God today. I came looking for you. Wherever you are this morning, would you just cry out and say, Jesus, I want you to live in my heart. Would you just tell him? I confess my sin and I need you to carry me home. Thanks for dying for me. So I could live. Mm. Well, if today, if you prayed that prayer, that card, and your host told you about the seat back in front of you, or if you'll just take that card, put your name on there, check the box, I accepted Jesus. If you're watching online today, you can let your host know that. Father, there's a party in heaven today. His red carpet rolled out for some people that found their way home. Thank you, Jesus. Father, for those of us that do know, may I never lose the shepherd's heart for lost sheep that are around me that just don't know yet. God, you sent me you sent us to help them find their way home. God, may we be a church on a mission. And God, may we be a church that loves passionately and searches relentlessly until everybody finds their way. God, thanks for being a whatever it takes God for us. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. One lost sheep, one good shepherd, and one big party. You know, for the history of this church, that's what this has been about. And it's never been about anything else. That one lost sheep, that one lost neighbor, friend, family member. The heart of the Good Shepherd is return, and we have been entrusted with the honor to help with that. To help people find their way into relationship with Jesus. And I get overwhelmed talking about it because it's an honor to carry somebody's mat, to stop on the side of the road for somebody, to help bring people to Jesus. That's what North Star is about. We've been talking a lot about whatever it takes over the course of the past four weeks. 
I can tell you from the beginning, eight months ago, that is what whatever it takes is about. Those lost sheep. What was like 80,000 within 15 minutes of here. And we have the opportunity this morning to aid in return. And people's lives will be changed. You know, we're gonna sing a song. It's called More Than Able. And we actually sang this, we started singing this before any of the whatever it takes stuff even started. And there's a part. Can you imagine with all of the faith in the room what the Lord can do? And it's not just Mike's faith or Miss Ann's faith or my faith. It's our faith. The faith in this room. The faith of the people watching this online. The faith of the people in the chapel right now to do whatever it takes. So for you this morning, maybe you were like that guy Mike was talking about earlier. You came home today. Today was your return date. And you came home, praise God. We are so excited. Maybe you've been thinking about that commitment card that Mike was talking about earlier, wrestling with what God wants you to do with that. I wanna encourage you with this. As this song that we're about to sing says, he is more than able. And with all of the faith in this room, anything is possible. So as we sing this over you, this has been my favorite part of the morning so far in the last service, getting to sing this song. As we sing this over you, I want you to imagine what God can do with our faith. He's gonna move, come on. And it's gonna 
this morning to do anything that we could ever imagine. We are so excited that you guys joined us this morning. Remember, if you have those cards like Mike talked about, you can drop them off in those white baskets that he had up here on stage. You can drop any of your other stuff off at the Live Scent Boxes. Listen, guys, it's been an honor to be here with you this morning. We love you, and we'll see you guys back here next week.